Welcome to the Quality Meet Scotland podcast. Industry updates and best practice to promote, support, develop and protect the Scottish red meat sector. Hello and thank you very much for downloading this QMS podcast. I'm Mark Stephen. As I'm sure you're aware, the first week in September is Love Lamb Week, a week-long celebration of the quality, taste and nutritional benefits of British and Scotch lamb. Now, the idea is quite simple, is to promote the product as much as possible through a host of PR activities, recipe placements, influencer work, social media, that kind of thing. Now, obviously, Quality Meat Scotland will be doing their bit. That's an important part of what they do. But they'd also like you to support Love Lamb Week by becoming a Make It ambassador, which is pretty easy. You can do it by downloading material from the Scotch Kitchen website and then posting them up on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. It just helps us get the word out there. Now, in keeping with the theme of Love Lamb Week, this week's podcast is going to concentrate on sheep health, with a focus on making the most out of your cull ewes. Joining me today are Ed Hill from the Thrums Vet Group in Kirimuir. Ed enjoys all aspects of beef and sheep veterinary work, but takes a special interest in sheep health and production because he's got a personal interest in the game. He helps run the family farm of 200 ewes in Glen Isla. His neighbour, Neil Blair, farms East Camac in Glen Isla. It's an upland farm, roughly 250 hectares, with 400 cheviot, cheviot mule ewes, with the mules bred either to Texel or Hampshire tops. Ed, I'll begin with you if you don't mind. I've heard farmers describe pre-tupping health checks as MOTs. Now explain that for me. What's involved? It's about taking the opportunity to uh, make sure that the, the flock that you go ahead into the, into the new breeding season is is as healthy as it can be and is not going to be carrying unnecessary diseases or or risks of mortality or poor production into the year ahead. So it, it's just a chance to to go over every year as an individual and make sure that she is she's fit for the year ahead to make sure that, that it's going to be a productive one. So what are you actually checking? From the head down, the first is just to check her teeth. It's really important that she's got a decent set of teeth that, that's going to make sure that she can make the most of the nutrition in front of her just to maintain her body condition as she goes through the winter. And then I guess the, the challenging sort of allowing period ahead. So we'll check teeth first. The next thing to check is probably checking her feet. So it's a good opportunity to get on top of any lameness at this time of year and make sure that she's sound on her feet. Again, if she's not, then potentially she's she's going to suffer condition-wise. And also, if she's carrying infectious lameness like foot rot or cod, she's going to be spreading it to her, to her pals as well. So checking her feet is important. Checking her udder, we want to make sure that she's not had a, a mastitis earlier in the year, or indeed she's had a, a sort of subclinical mastitis that's not been obvious, um, because we know one of the, the bigger causes of, of mastitis in and around lambing time is actually a, a chronic mastitis from before. So we want to make sure that there's no use going forward that have had a, a chronic mastitis. And then just really body condition um, and making sure that she's in, in reasonable strips. So we're really looking for use that are conditioned sort of three out of five. Um, so they're, they're fit, not fat, going ahead into, into the year ahead. And, and that means that they're going to ovulate more and are going to manage the winter and, and look after their, their future lambs a bit better. So they're really the, three, the, the four things that we want to look at, teeth, feet, udders and, and condition. Neil, how do you put that into practice on your farm? We generally, I would call it a sort of year-round culling policy, but if we start at the point where we've just weaned lambs, straight away we'll bring the yows in and we'll, we'll basically run through all the checks that Ed's run, uh, described there. 
marking NAOs, which we don't think will meet our standards for coming through the winter and breeding next year. At that point, they'll be taken out and they'll be put in a separate field and they will be taken away and marketed at some point later in the year. So aside from the basics, are you looking for anything else? No, I, I think what Ed's outlined there is basically what we'd be looking for. I maybe wouldn't be too keen on picking yows out for condition at this point because a good yow that's raised two lambs, she's not going to be in great condition. We will check that again at top in time. And if she's still not recovered at that point, we might think about culling her. The only other thing, probably more of a lambing time thing, we'd pick out yows with temperament issues. You know, if, if they've real attitude issues at lambing time, then they'd probably be culled at that point as well. Ed, do you tend to find that health issues vary from year to year? Is there other other trends depending on what the winter or the spring's been like? Yeah, certainly can be. Um, I, I think the issues can be quite farm specific. I think, for example, this year there's been a bit more mastitis reported than usual. I think that perhaps probably relates back to that that cold spell that we had at the end of April and start of May. And so, yeah, I think yeah, there's definite trends, and, and mastitis would probably be one that we we're aware of a bit more of this year. Actually, for myself, and not to contradict what Ed said, this has been quite a good season for, for sheep on my farm. I've certainly had a lot less mastitis than I would normally have. I don't know, perhaps it was because of the very dry spell we had, but we had, we had very few cases of mastitis at lambing time. And the other thing, um, we've had very few fly issues this year. We, we're normally quite a bad farm for flies. And um, yeah, yeah, we seem to have avoided that. From a veterinary perspective, how important is a good culling policy? I think massively important. Uh, I think it, it underpins sort of flock productivity for the for the year ahead. If we don't have a decent culling policy in place, then there, there's going to be more ewes going forward that are more likely to, to suffer mortality themselves through the winter. They're probably less likely to rear enough lambs. And the lambs that they do rear themselves probably are going to be more likely to suffer mortality. So, so having some some sort of policy in place to make sure that's not the case is, is probably really important. How would you define your culling policy, Neil? I think we're quite strict in our culling policy. We're an upland farm. We're trying to produce fat lambs. So we are pushing our sheep quite hard. So we really won't carry any passengers. So all those factors that Ed's mentioned that might lead to a yow not lasting, you know, quite a hard winter, we're going to take them into consideration quite heavily. And, you know, we will call with sort of extreme prejudice, if that's the right way to say it, just ensuring that we're really bringing the best sheep through through our system. We've, we've never done listener questions on these QMS podcasts before, but it, we thought it might not be a bad idea. I've got a question here from John Evans, who's a mixed farmer in Fife. He says, we call everything after five crops. Anytime we deviate from this plan, we regret it. Is this normal? Now, I'm going to put that to either of you, probably Ed for a start. What do you think to that? I think it's just very farm specific. I don't think a broad colour at a certain age policy for every farm is going to be right. But clearly for him, if he deviates away from that policy, then it's then it works for him. I think a lot of it probably comes down to, well, a number of factors, but one of them's got to be the cost of your replacements. So if your replacement cost is very high from purchased use, then having a strict age-related policy might be more challenging on the farm finances. Whereas if, if you're breeding your own replacements, um, then maybe less so. It depends on so many things. The breeds getting used, the farm topography, you know, as Neil was saying, is it an upland or a lowland farm? You know, in theory, by having a younger flock 
then it's going to be more productive. But if we really push that too low and there's more gimmers coming forward, then they're, they're less productive than adult use. So yes, yeah, an age-related policy might well be right, but it, it's, it's very farm-specific, I think. There's a lot of sense in what John is saying there. I can't claim to have many yows above five crop. But as Ed, as Ed says, it probably comes down to economics. If you, if you have a good yow that you think is going to last another crop or two, then keep her. Because we're looking at gimmer prices, especially this year, nearly £200 for a gimmer. So if you take your costs or your profit from a lamb between 30 or £40 pounds, you know, per year, then you know, if you're not keeping them four or five crops, then a yow's really not making you any money. So you have to think about that quite carefully. Also, in balance to that, what's your call yow price? If the call yow price is quite high, then maybe you can justify that. But certainly, I have some yows on six, seven crops, and they're doing away well. But it, it is a balancing act. We don't want a yow who's not going to last through the winter or who's going to do a very poor job because she's not fit enough to last that winter period. It's easy to look at cow yows and think of them as discards, but they're, they're a crop. How do, they, how do you make the most out of yours? It's very difficult. We seem to jump from our cow yows not being fit enough to our cow yows being far too fit. At present, I understand that it's really the hill yows, the thinner yows, which are in demand. So um, we just have to try and keep in contact with auctioneers and work out what type of product we're aiming for. And also, it's seasonality. Kolyo trade seems to be very linked into sort of ethnic festivals. So we, we try and tie in with them. And when we see a slight rise in the prices, we, we will try and sell our yows. Ed, what can you actually learn from analysing your Kolyos? I mean, I think it's a, a great opportunity at this time of year to take a look at that and, and get a grasp of, of maybe some of the health aspects that could be improved in the flock first thing to do is actually have a look and, and see where you know, what are the main reasons that you are culling sheep uh, is it because there's a lot of lame sheep and, and there's an opportunity there to, to maybe implement some some lameness control factors to, to reduce that is it because there's a lot of mastitis and again you know can we be doing something to reduce the amount of mastitis in the flock or is it that there's, there's a lot of use there in poor condition and, and maybe that's worth having a, a closer look and seeing is there something underlying all these use in poor condition? Now, it might be a fair spread, I guess, of, of all those things. But if there's one one of those sort of things that's really standing out, then there's definitely the opportunity to, to look at the health of the flock and, 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 and try and improve things. Ed, it was just on the, the udders and the status what should we actually be looking for when we're feeling the udder? Is it any abnormality, a sign of mastitis, any small lump or bump, or are there things we can let go as long as the rest of the udder feels good? What should we actually be looking for and what should be a warning sign? What should we be pulling out that's not an obvious, you know, hard swollen bag or a burst udder or something along those lines? I think there's probably a, a wide variety in it. I think there's the big obvious ones, the big thick swollen bags, that clearly are going to be non-functional, but it does go down right down to the ones where you you'll feel a, a small lump or bump in in what what otherwise is quite a soft and fleshy bag, and the real risk with those is you I suppose you you consider letting those go and think well they'll milk well off off the other quarter, but the, they they are the ones that run the risk of flaring up as a as an acute mastitis next lambing period. So. I would go quite hard on it and, and anything that is suspicious, I would tend to remove. 
The other thing to look for is evidence of ORF, I guess, because sometimes ORF can be a big underlier of, of mastitis issues. So if there's evidence of ORF there, then perhaps you need to be doing something about ORF control if it's not already being done. And how about prolapses, Ed? Where do you stand on them? Do you think we should cull everything that has had a prolapse? I know that would be the perceived wisdom, but I've certainly kept yows that have had prolapses and they haven't prolapsed again, whether that's luck of the odds. But where, where from a veterinary perspective, would you say we should be acting? Yeah, so we're talking about sort of pre-lamming prolapses here, a cervical prolapse, I guess. Absolutely. Um, and they're, again, just like mastitis, they're so multifactorial. But we do know that a you that's done it once is, is likely to do it again. And even if she doesn't do it again, there, there's some evidence to suggest that she might be more prone to ring womb, to, to not dilating at next lambing period. So I, yeah, again, would take a, a harsh stance and, and anything that's had a prolapse in that previous lambing season should probably be, be marked for culling. Conversely, anything that's had a post-lambing prolapse, provided she's survived and is doing well, is not necessarily more likely to, to do that kind of prolapse again. Um, and she's had plenty of time for her uterus to recover, so I wouldn't necessarily be culling those ones. Um, but a, a pre-lambing prolapse, yeah, I, I, would, I would be inclined to, to line up for culling. When you get to the stage of, of culling ewes, What's the best way to utilise that resource, in your opinion? There's a big opportunity, as we said, to 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 look at what's going on and, and take that opportunity to, to improve the health of the flock for the future. I think a great thing that we can be doing at this time of year, and I get involved with a lot of my pharmacists, um, is, is looking at a cull use screen. Um, so that's taking perhaps 12 thinner use and presenting those to, to your sheep vet who be able to, to run some tests if appropriate and just use them as sentinels for the rest of the flock for, for diseases like Medivisna, um, OPA, Yoni's disease, and perhaps some others. Um, and these are particularly nasty, costly diseases. And the, the sort of key theme amongst all of them is that they're much easier and much cheaper to control if you go looking for them rather than them come looking for you. We kind of know, particularly with MV, that by the time you're, you're getting really obvious signs of it, as much as 60% of the flock might already be infected. So if you take the opportunity with, with those cull ewes to actually go and just make sure that there aren't these diseases coming forward, then, then I think that there's a really good opportunity there. Ed Hill, Neil Blair, thank you both very much for your time. Much obliged. Thank you, thank you very much. This has been a QMS podcast. I hope you found it useful and interesting. I'm Mark Stephen. Until the next time, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Quality Meat Scotland podcast. For news and to listen back to previous episodes of the podcast, visit qmscotland.co.uk. For Scotch beef, Scotch lamb and specially selected pork recipe videos and inspiration, visit www scotchkitchen.com or follow Scotch Kitchen on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.